Hey, big boxers. Welcome to On the Shelf, a program that is dedicated to helping you get your products into a major big box retailer. Happy holidays. Tim here with you. And uh, it's coming up fast, right? It's coming up like a freight train. And uh, I don't need one of those little clocks that tell me how many days till Christmas. I have a 15-year-old daughter that tells that to me every single morning. So no need for me to have my own countdown clock. I have one that uh, puts it in my face every single day. Something about the holidays, though, even though they're rushing around and uh, we're looking for this and trying to get presents and trying to get here and there, there's something that slows down. I don't know if you guys feel this, but there's something that kind of just slows down when you get around family and friends and you get a little eggnog in your hand and you just are not really that into the rat race. You're just enjoying the moment. There's something about the holidays, I think, that helps you just enjoy the moments that you're in when you're in them. Whether you're at a holiday party or at a work party, there's something about it that just slows everything down for me anyway. And so I wish that for you. I hope that uh, you're able to slow down this holiday season and, uh, and look up and, and see the people that you're around and really enjoy the time that you have with those people. So I wish that for you and, uh, and hope that that comes true. But back to the podcast, we have a really great show for you today. Something a little bit different Mercedes Jaime is here, and she's going to talk to you about diversity, supplier diversity. Now, you might not have spent much time thinking about that or wondering about that or, or even know what it is, and so she is going to get into that, and she's going to tell you exactly what it is and how you might qualify to kind of get yourself to the top of the heap when taking your products to a retailer. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be cool if you could just skip to the top? Well, if you are a minority-owned business or a protected class-owned business, she is going to tell you how you might be able to do just that. So I don't want to hold anything up. I don't want to wait one more second. Mercedes is waiting. So let's get right into it. Hey, Mercedes. Welcome to On the Shelf. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's really it's really my pleasure, and I was so glad that uh, Joe from ECRM was able to connect us. How do you know Joe, by the way? Oh, I know Joe through some conversations regarding Range Me um, and supplier diversity, um, and also helping suppliers to get their products on the shelf, kind of like what your 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 program is called. Awesome. So um, you are a supplier diversity expert, kind of um, born in the field and, and worked your way up. Tell the, uh, so by the way, just to let you know, my listeners are called big boxers. So uh, uh, if you would do, if you would just uh, tell the big boxers a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got to own your own business. And then we'll kind of jump into supplier diversity and what that's all about and how it might help them uh, get on the shelf. Wonderful. Well, hello, Big Boxers. Great to meet you. Um, I have, uh, I'm a seasoned veteran of the uh, food and, and retail industry, 33 years. I've uh, worked for major corporations, and I actually started as a cashier and while I was going through high school. I've uh, remodeled stores. Um, I run stores, open, grand open stores, done a little bit of everything. But the last 10 years, um, I fell in love uh, with what's called supplier diversity. And supplier diversity is the ability to help a company's supply chain mirror their customer base. And so why is that important? Because... For me, personally, I'm a Latina woman, um, and uh, I love to shop those stores that have suppliers that are owned and operated by Latina women, by minorities, by veterans, LGBTs, uh, and small companies. I like to see the big corporations giving back to their core customers, which are the ones that help them grow up. So as I look at the big corporations, uh, any of them, they all started small. 
Amazon started small, Walmart, Target, all of them started small. And um, supplier diversity is a mechanism or a venue to empower emerging women, veteran, minorities, and LGBT uh, companies that are 51% owned and operated by them. So it's giving back the power to the community. And so um, I wouldn't necessarily say that I am the expert in supplier diversity. I I much rather call myself the student of supplier diversity uh, because I think that always changes. And my passion is helping suppliers, helping them strategize. Um, so if your product is on the shelf, um, and it has hit a plateau, is there an opportunity for this product to maybe go to hospitality? You know, uh, maybe bring that uh, jar of um, pasta into uh, Cisco so that it can be sold to the suppliers. Or if you have office furniture, other than retailers, what else? Who else can, can be your customer? Maybe the hospitality. Um, you know, big conferences. Uh, hotels have conferences. They use chairs. Uh, they use supplies. So how else so that a supplier is not doesn't just have one um, vehicle or one industry tied to? They, they need to diversify. And so that's my passion. My other passion is educating people about what is supplier diversity. Many times I say, oh, I'm, I do supplier diversity, and, and they look at me like uh, I'm ET. <laughs> and so uh, sometimes it's the education. Uh, folks understand what diversity and inclusion is, um, and that is uh, the workforce of a company being diverse, whether it's uh, diversity in thought, diversity in backgrounds, diversity of uh, race. Uh, But when it comes to supplier diversity, um, some folks just can't wrap their brain around what is supplier diversity. And basically what that is, is a woman, a veteran, a minority, or an LGBT person starting a company, growing it, building uh, a community, giving jobs because small businesses are the backbone of our nation. And so just helping those folks that are, they have an idea. So my, my slogan is ideas, connecting opportunities. That's what businesses is. I have an idea need to be connected to an opportunity. And so um, I left corporate America at the beginning of this year to follow my passion supplier diversity so that I can, instead of just working with one corporation and helping just one supplier get through one corporation, I want to use my network, my knowledge. I want to be able to help companies strategize, look at how they register their companies in a portal or what some suppliers call it, the black hole, right. <laughs> um, and, and have a better use. So it's no different than when you're applying for a job. And, and you give your resume. So um, a, a registration to a portal, and there's many um, types of portals that corporations um, have, um, that is the resume to the company. And you have to make sure that it tells you or it tells the stakeholder, the supplier diversity, the people that are going to have access to that information exactly who you are, what do you do? What's your core competency? And how can you help that company by either a product or a service that you provide? Okay. All right. Well, there's so so many things that you just talked about. I don't even know where to start. So let's back up just a, a little bit. So you're on your own now. You have your own company. And what type of, you know, so if, if there was somebody out there that uh, fell into the minority uh, or uh, women-owned business or L- LGBT uh, area, um, and they had their own business and they wanted to get into Target, for instance, uh, and they just didn't know how to go about it or, or how to use, you know, what they have or the the assets that they have uh, in a way that would be beneficial to them and to the retailer. You can help with that. 
Absolutely. Um, I have made an admission to uh, stay connected to my supplier diversity counterparts and ask them the question, what are you looking for? Uh, what, are you, what, what is the criteria um, that you look for a supplier? Um, what are those attributes? What is the process that a supplier needs to follow? So if someone was interested in, in going into Target or any of the companies that I'm familiar with, um, I would be able to help guide them, uh, look at their registration, um, introduce them to the folks that uh, manage the process. Many times people don't know what they don't know. And big corporations have these magnificent supplier diversity folks that what they do is they navigate the process on behalf of the supplier. They don't give out contracts. They, they don't do the RFPs. They, but they do the magnificent work of connecting them to opportunities. And so just creating the awareness and how to develop that rapport with a supplier diversity professional, that is, that is also very important. I used to tell my suppliers, you know, make sure that your registration is the resume to your company and make sure that when I see you, I I already know your name, I know your company and what you do. Because um, in my prior role, I used to meet every month with the sourcing team. And I used to ask them, okay, what are those items that are coming up for renewal? What are those contracts? And sometimes they would say, you know, we need a, we are looking for this service or a company. And all of a sudden I would say, oh, I, okay, I have a supplier like that. Let me write it down. Let me reach out to the supplier. Or sometimes they would even come back. And, and by the way, I work with a great team. They would come back to me and say, do you remember that supplier that did X, Y, and Z? Do you still have their contact information? So um, it's beneficial for them to build the rapport with that supplier diversity professional and convey what is the, the business that you're in or how, or what's the solution, how you can help that company grow or change, um, or something as simple as, you know, they don't know what they don't know. So if I'm a Latina woman and I am looking for a product um, for my hair to make it, you know, nice and curly or uh, for uh, food, uh, one of the things I'm always looking for are plantains. And people look at me like, what? Plantains? What is that? And, and so it's, it's a part of educating the internal stakeholders also. So suppliers can do that. Um, through my tenure, I, I remember when we did not have any um, diversity or emerging companies um, that were the preferred customer. And we built that process. Uh, to the point where uh, seven years later, um, the incumbent was actually a woman or a minority supplier uh, that someone else was trying to take its contract. And, and, and you know, we had great suppliers, and so they always um, uh, were able to win the, the uh, request for information. But, um, you know, if you have a great product, a great solution, it's a great item, um, you have the supplier diversity advocates uh, within a corporation that can help you. But many times you have to follow the process. You have to understand, you have to play the rules of the game. And I would always tell suppliers, make sure you register, make sure you have X, Y, and Z. And um, I would spend my time coaching them and helping them. But in this new role, what I want to do is add to that the coaching piece uh, connect them to the decision makers, to the people that can help them connect into uh, an idea, into an opportunity for them. Um, and also I educate smaller businesses, mid-sized businesses. Well, why is it important to have a supplier diversity program? Um, and if they need to build one, you know, I, I've built two. <laughs> Actually, I've built three. The last project, I worked with a small company that was interested in the supplier diversity uh, program. So um, why is that important? Why is supplier diversity important? Why is it as important as diversity and inclusion? Well, as a consumer, as I mentioned before, I'm a Latina woman. When I purchase uh, an airplane ticket, when um, 
when I look for a, a product or a service, I'm also looking at, are they giving back to my community? Are they engaging with women, minority-owned companies? Um, because I want my community to grow as well. Are, are they having the diverse thought? You know, are, are they including their supply chains? What does their supply chain look like? Because people like to do business with the people that they know. And so it's hard for folks to change. And supplier diversity is a way of helping them change and better service their customer. So, you know, we have stores. And, and as I said, I'm always looking for frozen plantains because uh, cooking is not my forte sometimes. And so it's easier for me to just put it, uh, you know, on, on the microwave. But, um, but that's me. I'm a second generation Latina. My mother would probably look for the plantains in, that are fresh. And so it's another way of educating uh, the stakeholders within those co corporations. What, are, what is the consumer looking for? I remember being in a merchandising um, meeting a few years ago, and the merchandising team was talking about um, replicating a schematic um, display that was very effective in Chicago to California, and then replicating that to the East Coast. And I had to raise my hand and say, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Are you looking at who's, who's the consumer? Because if you're going to take what worked in Chicago and try to replicate it, let's say, in Miami, um, and you want to sell a tortilla to a Cuban, you're not going to be very successful. Because guess what? Cubans don't eat tortillas. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, or my pet peeve is uh, sometimes you have supply, you have retailers that have um, this four foot section of a, a mash of um, ethnic uh, general merchandise items. And you can find anything from hair products to first aid. And as a, a Latina or a minority consumer, I say, why am I being segregated in the retail world? Why is it that I cannot find sal de uvas picoc next to the Alka-Seltzer or next to the Pepto-Bismol? Why is it in that four-foot section? So it's also, supplier diversity is also part of educating the retailer how to position the product so that they're successful how to talk to the diverse consumer base. Um, I had a friend who would say, yeah, sometimes, you know, these big, big retailers, uh, they put a piñata on the ceilings and, and they say, okay, uh, we have the Hispanic consumer. And they don't really understand what we like. We like fresh, fresh fruit, fresh meats. Uh, we love our pan dulces. You know, um, I'm Salvadorian, and in my household, pan dulce, which is sweet bread, um, it, it, we're never without that. After dinner, you sit around the table, and you have your cafecito, your cup of coffee, and your pan dulce, and, and you have a conversation around the table with your family, and you update them what's going on, how everything is. That's a cultural thing that sometimes the big box uh, retailers don't understand and how to get to that supplier. So I think supplier diversity is very important for that educational component and also um, for um, the consumer. I, I love what um, the Women's Business Development Council has done. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but some of the products uh, have a label that says woman-owned. And, um, you know, one of them is um, uh, there's, a, there's a company that I love. It's the Green Glider. Is the eco-friendly eco uh, solution to the Swifter. You know, those little sheets? Sure, sure. I've seen that. Yeah. And so the Green Glider, you know, this is a mom that had a baby. 
And she wanted to be, she wanted something that would clean her floors efficiently and that would absorb. And she invented the green glider and it's now on sale at Walmart. Um, there's another company, you know, there's, there's many, many, many companies, but they have the little logo that says I'm a woman owned company. Yeah. Well, I and think so, that, um, yeah, I mean, so, so to kind of, kind of contain this a little bit, <clears throat> I mean, it's so interesting and all the stuff that, that you're sharing is so important, but as I'm hearing you, you can tell me if I'm right or not, it, you know, from a, <clears throat> from a retailer standpoint, supplier diversity is really about them understanding, caring, and being interested in selling products to their consumers that their consumers want, uh, whether those fall into, uh, you know, so if, if they have a predominantly uh, Hispanic um, population uh, or consumer base in one area, they, they can't necessarily sell in that area the same exact things that they sell in a, in a different area that may have an entirely different population. And so what you would do is help them understand their, I guess, uh, cons- consumer differences and say, over here, you're going to want to be speaking to this customer this way. And then over here, you're going to want to be speaking to this customer this way. And, and I even have an example. You know, I had a uh, certified um, minority-owned client uh, who was bringing in jalapenos unbelievable jalapenos from Mexico and I love jalapenos myself personally and so uh, we just had such a good time working together and because he was a minority certified minority owned business he was able to secure an appointment with Costco pretty easily and when we went there everything went great and long story short his products got in for a test and I specifically told the buyer so when you test with Costco you only can test in generally 10 locations for basically 10 days uh, or for a food item, they may let you go a little longer, 30 days, uh, so that customers get the chance to know that your product is there. And I specifically told them, and this was based on my client asking me to do this, don't put the these jalapenos, because they were pinwheels. Uh, they weren't halves. or I mean, we had all kinds of different things, but what we were selling was pinwheels. And he said, don't put these in any location that is uh, um, has a heavy Hispanic population, because... Hispanic people, he told me, don't buy their, you know, their jalapenos in pinwheels from Costco. They go to mm-hmm. their local little market and they buy whole jalapenos and they do their own thing. And uh, and sure enough, they didn't listen to me. And out of the 10 locations, two of them were heavy Hispanic populations and they did not do well at all. And because of that, it skewed our overall results and they missed hitting the threshold by by a very narrow margin, but they didn't end up getting picked up. And we're convinced that if they would have listened to us and not put those two in locations into the mix, we would have hit the threshold and, and he would have been a, a Costco supplier uh, ongoing. And so super important to understand where your locations are and who's buying from you and what those people buy and what they don't buy. Um, but so often, and I'm sure this is where you come in very, very handy, a buyer might think, oh, hey, jalapenos. Oh, we have a couple of Hispanic, lo- you know, heavy Hispanic population locations, they love jalapenos and, and they couldn't be more wrong. Does that make sense? Hey, big boxers. Just a quick announcement from TLB Consulting. Are you looking to scale your business this year? Are you looking to get your products on the shelf of a retailer this year? Well, guess what? Booking a coaching call with me has never been easier. I know based on the past 10 years of working with clients that it can be difficult to be a solopreneur. It can be difficult to scale your business into territory that you've never been to. That's why I have opened up more slots this year than I've ever done before. One of my goals this year is to work with more clients, more solopreneurs, more big boxers looking to get their products into retail than ever before. I want to work directly with you and share my experiences over the last 25 years of getting products into retail. I want to share those experiences with you. I want to talk to you from a place of somebody who's been there and I want to help you get to where I've gone. 
Like I said, it's never been easier. All you have to do is go to tlbconsulting.com, click on consulting, and then choose the time or the bundle that you want and get it scheduled. Let's kick off 2020 with a bang. Let's get you the information that you need. I'm looking forward to meeting you. It does. Um, your analogy reminds me of salsa. <laughs> you know, I I, I had a, a private brands, uh, you know, I was walking through a show and they said, oh, look at this great salsa we have for Latinos. And I looked at him and I said, well, uh, Latinos don't buy their salsa out of a can or uh, a jar. We make it fresh. That's how we like it. <laughs> Maybe a Latino that doesn't have time to cook, but, uh, you know, or maybe a, a second or third generation. The acculturation is also an important. I mean, I gave you the example of the plantains. Um, we eat plantains, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I can have them for everything. And and people will look at me and say, plantains for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's like, oh, yeah, Salva typical Salvadorian breakfast is plantains, uh, beans, and a scramble egg. You're set. Ah, that actually whereas, sounds really good. Yeah, whereas an American is pancakes, <laughs> scrambled eggs, and bacon. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so supplier diversity, because a lot of these suppliers, uh, they know that they're developing a product or a service out of the need. Um, what is needed? And no different than, the, the, you know, than any other uh, and, and the other misconception that um, another folks, other folks that I've worked with before, when they hear supplier diversity, they think ethnic. They think that a woman or a minority is going to develop a product that is specifically for the ethnic market. And that is not the case. Suppliers that are under the supplier diversity umbrella create products and services that service the mainstream, yeah, you know, um, from cleaning supplies to pacifiers to ice cream to vodka. Here in Minnesota, we have uh, the first woman-owned um, distillery, vodka distillery, and as a certified woman-owned company. Uh, amazing woman. Uh, she has a uh, IT company this distillery company and a spice company. So entrepreneurs are very innovative. Um, there's the, the, the other benefit to doing business with um, someone who is, who is certified as a minority owned company or woman or LGBT is that the stakeholder can have the confidence that because they go through this financial vetting process, you know, they look at their finances, they look at their bylaws, um, they look at whether or not that woman or minority or veteran actually has control of the company. It gives the, the seal of certify as a minority business or emerging or veteran, gives that corporation that safety net to say, we are giving back to our community. Um, and we are changing our supply chain. And the people that we're uh, working with, um, they have been vetted. Um, and we're, we're, we're transforming our supply chain to mirror our customer base. All right. Well, let's, so, talk, let's, let's talk about that for just a second. So uh, we, we've talked about already, you know, the benefits to opening your doors to diverse suppliers on the retail side. So we, you've already well explained, I think, uh, very well, um, the benefits to understanding your consumer and then helping find suppliers that can, first of all, mirror that, that consumer base so that the consumers feel good about purchasing those products. And then also an understanding of uh, <clears throat> the different products that, that you're offering and, and, and that they match up. But on the, on the consumer end, I mean, excuse me, the supplier end, how does a supplier know if they actually – so let's start with this. How does a supplier actually know if they qualify as a minority um, uh, supplier, you know, certified minority su supplier? Or, do, or what category do they actually, actually fit in? And how would they go about 
um, uh, figuring that all out and, and navigating those entire waters so that they can actually use that as a stepping stone to helping a retailer um, in their diversity program, because that's really what it is, right? So a, su- a supplier comes to a retailer and they're a, cert- they're a certified minority-owned business. They're actually helping that retailer uh, expand their diversity program. So how, Correct. How, how would, so how do they go about figuring that all out? So it's, it's very simple. They um, call you, the, right? Well, they can call me. Yes. I, and I, <laughs> and I can walk because, because I've been around the organizations that, um, certify, um, the, the companies. So the criteria is a com- the company shares, uh, have to be 51%, um, own. So let's say we have a husband and a wife that started a business. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the wife needs to have 51% shares of that company and the 49 are the husbands. The wife also needs to, uh, in a, a husband and wife relationship, the wife needs to prove that she is the expert, that she is the one that makes all the decisions and that she has control financially and operationally of that company. So if it's a husband and wife relationship, the woman needs to own 51% of the shares. If it's a minority um, company, the the minority person has the the minimum requirement is for them to own 51% of the shares. Again, it has to be 51% U.S. owned and operated. Um, If it's a veteran um, person, with a non-veteran person, then it has to, again, 51%. So the key is, does that person, does that CEO have 51% control of the company? Can, can, can they also um, navigate, can they operate um, that company if the other 49% leaves? Um, so there are companies that are 100% owned and operated by a woman, uh, and there, then there are those companies that are 51% owned and operated by a woman, uh, and, and they can show that they are the experts um, in that category. They have the expertise. So um, these organizations that vet the companies and, and certify them do a very extensive extensive research they look at the uh, the taxes they look at the company bylaws um, they have to make sure that if it's a husband and wife that the wife is the ceo and she's the one that can call the meetings and she's the one that can do you know has absolute power over the company so um, that's one thing so if you suspect that you could be 51 percent owned and operated that's all you need 51 percent to get your company certified as a woman, as a veteran, as a minority, as an LGBT. But what you're saying, though, is is some guy that owns a business uh, who's just trying to, you know, um, buck the system can't just give his wife 51% shares so that he can try to take advantage of being a woman-owned business, right? They're going to come in and they'll see the falsity in that pretty quickly. Oh, absolutely, because they will look at... Um, you know, the, what the woman does for a living, what does the resume look like? They will have an interview, a face-to-face interview. They have volunteers that go and do that. Um, so, yes, it, it has to be something that the woman is the one in control. Sure. Now, what else, other than 51%, what, what are some other key factors or areas that people possibly get tripped up when they're trying to go through the certification process that they should really look out for? Uh, believe it or not, their bylaws, the way the bylaws are written, many times they they go to this website and and they have a generic, they download a generic uh, bylaw and, oh, here we go. Uh, they need to consult with an attorney that has knowledge of the requirements for supplier diversity. And then there are those attorneys that... Um, that that do work with suppliers uh, on that. So it could be something where, you know, the the woman's um, title is president and CEO, but 
in the bylaws, it may say, you know, um, you know, the the board of directors can fire her. <laughs> they'll they'll look at all those things. So uh, that could be a technicality too. So they they need to make sure that they have uh, good bylaws uh, that reflect that the woman or the minority is in control of the company. Understood. Okay. And uh, how, how long does it normally take from the beginning of the application process to actually getting certified? What's the timeline there? Well, it depends on how organized you are. Um, some of the organizations uh, will have a quick turnaround. Um if they don't have to be asking for, you know, I need this this item or that item. Um, yeah, so just, uh, what just, I would, on a, just on average. I would say a month. Oh, that's much quicker than, than I thought. Mm-hmm. And, and certification companies, are they, is this a federal certification or is it done by, the, by state? Oh, good question. So there are uh, state um that will certify companies, but most supplier diversity corporations, we they will recognize the NMSDC certification because they know that the vetting the vetting process, the WBDC or the WeBank certification, uh, the veteran certification, and the NGLCC certification. So these are watchdogs in the industry. They are the ones that certify and and do this vetting um, to make sure that the companies are who they are. But there are state uh, local governments that also um, will certify a company as a woman or minority owned. But, I mean, if you were to give one recommendation, for instance, say, hey, if you're going to go get this done, this is really who you should have do it. Who would that be? I would say with the national, um, they, you know, they are the the experts in this. Uh, NMSCC, uh, WeBank, uh, NGLCC, and the Veterans the, the, the top majors. There's also a U.S. PAC who um, certifies Asian-owned companies. Okay. But there's not, like, one go-to um, that you would say, yeah, you're, you know, if you get these guys to certify you, whether you're a woman, a minority, a veteran, LBGT or LGBT, um, you're good to go with using this company. There's not one that you would recommend? Well, you have to fit the criteria. Okay. So. There are certain cases where um, a company may fit or four or five of, of those criteria. So it could be a woman that's a veteran, that's a minority, that's LGBT, and that's Asian. And they could possibly have all of those um, certifications. Um, but, for example, a man won't be able, if, if a company is... Um, is owned by a man, uh, they only have the veteran option or the LGBT option. So each organization has their own uh, criteria. So it depends kind of on what type of certification you're getting is what you're saying. Exactly. Exactly. What kind of certificate. Now, there are some uh, corporations, some retailers that will accept a self-certification, what the industry calls it classified. So I can say I'm a woman-owned, but I don't have a piece of paper that proves that I am who I say I am. Um, And some of those companies uh, will eventually become um, a good and the company and the corporation might ask them to get certified so that they can count their spend. Um, so there is that other route. You can tell them I'm I'm still certifying, and some companies do do that. But the the best bet is to go through the certification process. Um, if 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 the woman criteria fits or the veteran, the minority, um, then go through that process, um, have all your documents ready uh, to upload in, in some uh, organizations like the women's business, develop, women's business, you can automate all of that um, online. It, it's an easy process. Okay. Um, others, you know, you have to mail in your paperwork. 
um, your your um, remember the first the first time is the hardest because you have to give all of this information. The one thing to note is that the certification is only good for a year, so it's every year they have to uh, renew that certification. But uh, I would say the largest, um, the more tedious process is the first time because you get to give your financials, your bylaws, all of that. Okay. You have to prove who you are. And now your company can help. I mean, what are your main, not for, let's, let's, uh, uh, let's keep it specific to suppliers. What are your main services that you offer at your company for suppliers uh, that might be looking to um, explore this option for their company? What, how can you help them? So if it's a company that, it, that falls under the classified, I can help them navigate through the process where would be the best option for them. So if someone that certify that fits the all the criteria women veteran minority lgbt um, look at what are the goals and which certification will fit best for that company because that's also very important so what kind of training what kind of uh, networking events uh what are those things that are important um that's number one number two is Give them the, the option of, okay, how are you putting, how does your company look on paper? So what are you putting in those, what they call the black holes? And why is it a black hole? Is it because garbage in, garbage out? Um, so when you're job hunting, you make your resume very specific and tailored to that job. It should be the same thing when you're looking to engage with a company because the way you're going to register your company with a financial institution is going to be different than the automotive institution or industry or the retail industry. You're not going to tell them the same thing. So if I'm a staffing company, I'm not going to go and say the same thing um, to all three industries because each industry is different. Got it. The other thing is, you know, people like to do business with who they know. And I've been very blessed to have um, folks in different industries. Uh, so I know folks in the retail, the hospitality, the energy business that do the same job that, I, that I've been doing for the last 10 years, which is supplier diversity. I know their pain points. I know, I, I know when they say, oh my God, the supplier just, they just keeps calling me and calling me, calling me. And so one of the things I used to tell my suppliers was, uh, I will give you a whole hour of my time, a half hour. I wanna learn about your company because I'm gonna be your biggest advocate. So you tell me what is your core competency. And then the second half hour, I would tell them about the company that I was working with and tell them about the culture and the things that they need. So if you were a packaging company, I would say to them, you're not going to get any business here because we don't buy this, but I can certainly introduce you to my counterparts in the CPG industry. They will use that product or service. So if I have someone that's saying, you know, I'm a packaging company and I want to sell to this retailer and the retailer doesn't do their own packaging, not even in private brands, then you're wasting your time. And so those are some of the things that, that I can help um, suppliers with. Perfect. And also, oh, go ahead. I, another thing would be if you have a product on the shelf, let's say pasta, and you've hit a plateau in sales. And no one else is, you know, you, you're going to sell what you're going to sell. Are there other venues? So can you sell that jar of pasta to um, a big box retailer? Or can you sell it to Cisco? So Cisco can sell it to um, the restaurant industry. Or if you manufacture, let's say, chairs, and you're going to sell them in a retailer, and, and you've hit, 
a plateau there, there's no more sales. Well, how else can you be creative? How can you also diversify your supply chain or your customer base? Because the supplier needs to do that uh, and, and go from selling to retails or also selling to, you know, the hotel industry, the hospitality industry. They, they buy chairs. Right. What other ideas? Or if you have a product that is a great cleaning product, and you're selling it to the consumer, how can you sell it to, you know, industry and industry? So those are the things that sometimes business owners are, it, owning a business is a hard business. And you have to remember some of these businesses or some of these ideas uh, started in a, a kitchen table or in a garage. And this great idea, this love, this passion that the entrepreneur has for something evolved into a product or a service that, that is employing people, that is feeding families, that is giving back to the community. And so a business owner is so focused on, on doing that, that sometimes they forget to take care of themselves and diversify that business so that it can continue to grow. Perfect. And prosper. Well, big boxers, we, we definitely know that we can use all the help that we can get. So if you're out there and you feel like you may fit into one of these categories that Mercedes has been talking about, we will have all of her contact details uh, in our show notes so that you can reach out to her yourself um, if you uh, are interested in that. Mercedes, uh, a super big thank you for all the information that you put out there uh, today. I think that this is, um, uh, it's, it's very important information and like, it's so hard to get into a retailer anyway. And so if there's any potential way to make that easier or smoother, um, within the guidelines, I think it's important that people know that. So we will definitely put all your information on there so that if we have any listeners out there that are thinking about that or, or, you have actually piqued their interest. Um, hopefully, they'll they'll get in touch with you and and talk through that. Um, if you uh, do, you have any parting thoughts? Any last little, like one little you know, hey, you know, encouragement? What would that be? Well, um, first of all, I want to thank you and the big boxers for uh, welcoming me into your community. Uh, gratitude, great gratitude for that. And uh, I would say just follow your passion. Follow your passion. Do the thing that you enjoy doing it 24-7. Awesome. Well, I, you guys all know that I agree with that 150%. If you're going to spend your time doing a lot of, you know, if you're going to spend a lot of your time doing one thing, it better be something that you really enjoy and that you have a passion for. So, Mercedes, I agree with you 150%. Listen, thanks so much for uh, being on the show, and uh, we look forward to keeping in touch, and uh, um, hopefully, uh, potentially, we can send some customers your way. Thank you so much. Blessings to you and all. Thank you. Hey, big boxers. Wow, what an education, right? She kind of took us all to school there on supplier diversity. I hope that you all gained a little bit of insight if you fit into one of those areas that she's been talking about, how you might be able to capitalize on that and help retailers at the same time with their supplier diversity program. How cool would it be if, because let's say you're a woman-owned business, 51% woman-owned business or more, and you go to a retailer and by certifying yourself and letting them know that, not only does it get you kind of to the front of the line, but it helps them with their supply, supplier diversity program. It's a win-win. So I hope that you got something out of the information that Mercedes was uh, putting out there. She had quite a bit to say, and all of it was just key information that you guys can all take in. Now, something that uh, I made sure that we did for you uh, is I had Mercedes send me a couple of the key companies that do the certification, and that is going to be in the show notes. So no need to go looking around on the internet for who's doing it uh, the best. We're going to have some links for you in the show notes that you can just click on. Also, her information is going to be right there if you want to reach out to her 
and maybe talk through a couple of situations and see if she can help you uh, get there faster, by all means, her information is going to be right there as well. Listen, thanks so much for listening today. Sorry, we're a few days late getting out. Technical difficulties is what we're going to blame that on. Also, if you heard some background noise in this particular episode, I don't know. I don't know what that was. Uh, It had to do something with our connection back and forth. So uh, I apologize for that. Uh, uh, Hopefully it wasn't too annoying. But uh, we will make sure that we try to get that cleaned up. Technical issues, people. Technical issues. What can I tell you? Hey, if you're liking the podcast and you want to support it, you can do that a couple of different ways right now. You can go and you can actually subscribe to the podcast that way. Your phone or your computer will notify you when we have a new episode up and uh, you won't have to wonder. So you can go there and and subscribe. Another way that you can help uh, out and you can support the podcast is by giving us a review. You know, telling other listeners, other big boxers, why you like the podcast and what it has done for you. So you can either go and leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher, or you can go right to our podcast page. And don't uh, don't be shy. Yeah, get in there and, and leave a comment. It's important to let other people know how you're benefiting from the podcast so that they might have a listen as well. If you want to reach out to us, if you have a question, keep those questions coming. You can reach out to us at on Twitter at, at TLB Consult. You can reach out to us on Facebook at TLB Consulting. You can join our Facebook closed group called On the Shelf Now. All you do is go to Facebook, type in On the Shelf Now, and hit join, and uh, you'll be in the conversation. You'll be able to uh, have direct access to myself and other like-minded people that are doing kind of what you're doing. So don't forget to do that. In fact, stop what you're doing right now Hold on, unless you're driving a car or, you know, an airplane or whatever it is. If you're, you know, doing a motor vehicle, don't stop. But if you're at your desk, if you're somewhere where you can access your phone, stop what you're doing, go to Facebook, type in On the Shelf Now and hit join. We want you to be there. And last, if you want to get a hold of us, you want to reach out to us via email, you can always go to our website, tlbconsulting.com, and uh, get it done there. Listen, again, like I said at the beginning of the program, happy holidays. We are going to most likely speak to you uh, probably one more time before uh, the holidays commence. But uh, my best wishes for you and your family uh, um, and your extended family so that you get a chance to slow down and enjoy the holidays. That's our our wish for you. All right, guys. uh, Look forward to speaking with you again. Until next time, we look forward to seeing your products on the shelf. 